It's issue number 43 of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm Andy Bedecked in Splendor, <laughs> and with me are my co-hosts, the cutest friends in the world, Shane, the damnable degrading human. Mmm, yum. And Rory, lord over the filthy woebegotten trash. Yes, we have arrived at my old, <laughs> at my final name. <laughs> We don't need a new one. We figured out Rory's true name, Lord of Trash. No more more names. Uh, Today we read Daredevil, Fantastic Four, X-Men, and Dracula. And they took us from November through December of 1979, because that is right. We have finally reached the end of the 1970s. And I feel pretty good about that. I I feel like we've we've really hit another big milestone and... I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for the 80s, but I'm ready to be moving on from the 70s. It's going to be an odd, predominantly dark time with some strange highlights. Yeah. (laughs) And I I am looking forward to that angle. Like, the strange highlights are exciting, but I I don't don't know. I'm a little perversely interested to find, like, the 80s and 90s have so many things that no one ever talks about because they're just nonsense. Uh, and that's true for those decades in general and not just comics. <laughs> Take that, the 80s. <laughs> but anyway, uh, here's I know I know Shane wants them. I know he's impatient. I've got Andy's bummers. I think all of these are a bummer from one perspective or another. So first of all, I'll spread out your bummers. <laughs> spread your bummers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So first of all, 11 fans are killed during a stampede for seats to a The Who concert in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, God. Imagine being a band (laughs) that's got fans that are so rabid, they literally trample and kill 11 people. Imagine imagine being that excited to hear the song Pinball Wizard. (laughs) You fucking shut your trap. You went to a pink concert. <laughs> yeah, for free. <laughs> I didn't get trampled to death for it. Yeah, and I for sure didn't get trampled to death. Everyone was super cool. Uh also, the world premiere of Star Trek the Motion Picture, which was not the good one. That's is that the one where he yells Khan? No, cuz that's, no, that's the, the one called Khan. One. That's oh. the one called Wrath of Khan. Star Trek oh. 2: The Wrath of Khan. I know Star so much Trek. about Star Trek. Mm, it, it's it's showing. Uh, <laughs> Star Trek the motion picture is the one where they find the the remains of the Voyager probe and it's like sentient and shit's fucking weird anyway oh, don't watch no. the first Star Trek movie it's nonsense and my final bummer I actually really like this one uh, a monumental false alarm occurs where the uh, the NORAD computers and the alternate National Military Command Center uh, detect a purported massive Soviet nuclear strike 
And then after reviewing the raw data from the satellites, uh, they canceled the alert because it was it was wrong. And they later <laughs> figured out that someone had put a very realistic training tape accidentally into the real computer that runs <laughs> the early warning program. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that they literally just accidentally ran a tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, like. Like, a shit ton of people were put on alert, and, like, ten jets took off, and the president's, like, doomsday plane took off, which is, like, is a concept I didn't know existed, that the president has a doomsday plane. It's probably still his normal plane. It's just... Right. They paint a lightning bolt on it before they take off. <laughs> really quick. They drill it. They drill that. <laughs> Maybe they've got the... They got it decaled. You know, they're ready to slap it on. It's doomsday plane now. Air Force One, doomsday plane. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that's so funny that like so many things were 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 tripped because somebody accidentally put a practice tape in the machine. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a little bit reassuring that all those things happened, you know, because you want all those things to happen. But like, I don't know. It's both. It's both. Today. But the Soviets had their big whoopsie too. So I'm glad. Yes. I'm, I'm glad we uh, we both have a little an almost an almost nuclear war that we <laughs> uh, are responsible for historically. Yeah, we all got to have one. It's not fun <laughs> unless we all have one. The nuclear war that almost was. So this week, we got to the end of our 70s reading list, and we were two issues short from our usual slate, and we were like, do we want a short episode? Do we want to only talk about five? And then someone suggested, I think it was Rory, that we just return to Tomb of Dracula and see how that ended. And so we're going to start off looking at Dracula's issues 69, nice, and 70. Uh, which finish out volume one of Tomb of Dracula. <laughs> Good guy, Dracula. Indy, what if we what if we start doing a sound a sound clip for every time we read an issue with sixty nine in it? It's gonna come up. <laughs> yeah, and it's it can just... work for an issue like one hundred and sixty nine too. Yeah, of course. Just yeah. all of us going nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so Shane, you you uh. Uh, you said good guy Dracula. Do you think Dracula is a good guy here? Yeah, I think I think I think we're talking about good guy Dracula. I also noticed that this is Comicdom's number one fear magazine, which makes me really happy. <laughs> C- like considering how not scary it is, and like yeah, it's it's pretty much Dracula finding some children in a house whose mom is like out on a wagon yeah. caught in the rain. And then he like saves the little kids from the rest of the vampires and zombies. Yeah. He is remarkably, uh, it, it seems like since we last saw Dracula, he, he not only married a human woman, uh, he's, uh, he's gone soft. It's funny be- because it seems like Dracula has to consciously, and he does when he's, when he is like aware, when he's got, when he's got a little self-awareness, he has to consciously be evil but if he's not paying attention, like if he's got a lot on his plate, he accidentally slips up and starts being nice and then catches yeah. himself halfway through the act, like helping little kids. <laughs> or like holding a crucifix. He like he picks up a crucifix to defend himself against these other vampires who want to kill him. And it burns for a bit, but then he forgets he's holding it and it stops burning. And it's only later when someone's like, holy shit, what are you holding? He's like, oh, ow. <laughs> Sorry, I just forgot to be always evil. I guess God loved me for a few minutes. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, we we don't have to go too much into the status quo, but it it does seem like. Yeah, well, it's 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 hard to read too far into what we got given the the sort of enormous jump in time we we had. But I found mm-hmm. these issues aside from some specific plot stuff that obviously we missed, like him being ousted as the leader of the vampires, and and then they were hunting him, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. I thought it read smoothly, entertainingly. I was intrigued by this sort of like swarm of bats that was hunting him uh, that turned out to be the other vampires. Yeah. I liked the part where they cornered him in the house and then sent a bunch of rats in to chase everybody out. Oh, that was super spooky. Yeah, very spooky. Um, I liked the part where he confronts uh, Torgo. Torgo. Uh, and they have their showdown. Torgo's, oh, my God. Torgo's literally the worst. He's a <laughs> he's a he's a. He's a boomer vampire. He's a bit of a he's a he's a bit of a smee to to uh, <laughs> to Dracula's Captain Hook. Like he's just he's an he's not really the real second in command. Yeah, he should be on what we do in the shadows. Yeah, <laughs> Dracula bests him uh, despite his lack of powers, which is a fun. It's just fun, right? No powers. Dracula beats up the king of vampires, and Dracula yeah. restores his seat. And then he has his final showdown with our wheelchair-bound vampire hunter, who does a little Breaking Bad and yeah. brings a bomb brings a bomb into the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This Quincy Harker's last appearance, he does this. I, I don't know. Yeah, he's just waiting in, the, in Dracula's castle and is like, "Yeah, you killed my whole family, dude. Uh, it's time. It's time." And it's a little unclear because it seems like he's got two plans. And the first one is that one of his wheel spokes is made of silver and he's going to stab him or whatever. And he does. And then he he briefly monologues like, OK, now all I got to do is cut off his head and fill it with garlic and make sure he can never rise again. Oh, fuck. And then his own explosives go off. Like, did he yeah. fuck up his own plan? Well, I, I think it is a little bit, I think, interpretable. My reading of it was uh, was that the bomb was probably a fail safe in case he didn't succeed in killing him properly or uh, a combination like he has to do everything silver spike cut off his head fill his body with garlic then blow that shit up (laughs) it's a lot of steps to kill a dracula yeah he keeps coming back (laughs) he does uh he's like a bad penny (laughs) i i really liked well in the showdown with torgo my favorite part of these two issues actually is uh is they st- they like tie each other they tie themselves to each other you know like a like a showdown to the death and as soon as the fight starts Torgo pulls out a knife and Dracula just yells out that's not fair <laughs> 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 it's fucking petulant powerless Dracula's just upset that someone brought a knife and he didn't get to one like it's so funny <laughs> I so also from that fight I have a panel that I would like to read aloud because. <laughs> When I read it, I was like, hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh. It's just like the stage directions. It's not actually like anything else. But so they're in the middle of their fight and Torgo, Torgo's like attacking him. Right. And he's like, why not Dracula? But then this is what the stage directions say. They say Dracula feels Torgo's powerful fingers dig deep into his neck. His sinewy legs wrap serpentine around his body. Torgo is powerful and he is no amateur. He shifts his weight and suddenly the former vampire lord slips. His stake stumbles from his hand. And I just, I just like yeah. that. I like that moment. That whole moment's real good. 
there's a thin line between like gothic <laughs> horror and erotica. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's it is written here. It is written. Well, yeah. Dracula's got, you know, Dracula's got thighs like boa constrictors. <laughs> <laughs> I think the part that hit me the hardest um is that we have we have a whole like 10 pages at the end of like resolution after Dracula and Harker die and Rachel Van Helsing and Frank Drake uh sort of on the rocks it seems because Rachel keeps sort of feeling like Frank is too normal and like it's too easy to just be in love and like maybe her life should be harder or something and she gets a letter from Quincy who has like sent it before going off to die and this letter's pretty intense. I mean, it's written all in cursive, and it's intense cursive, so I had to really squint at it to read some of that. Yeah, because it, 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 it's 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 at an angle, like in the comics, it's like, <laughs> and it's like behind art and other dialogue. It is it is pretty difficult to read, and I don't think you can get all of it unless they they sort of skipped around. I didn't I didn't read it close enough to see if they were, um, you know, sort of pretending that the text was out of frame when really you could read it as one contiguous. Oh. Um, I think sentence. I think you're supposed to be reading snippets of it. That's what I thought too. That's what it read like. I really liked it. I mean, essentially, the gist of it is like, "Hey, um, I raised you and I love you, and I feel like I've been doing a bad job lately. Like you're becoming like me, and that sucks because I fought. I forgot how to like enjoy life, and I'm obsessed with death, and I don't want you to do that. Uh, I gotta go do this thing. It's might not work, but like." You should go live your life. And Frank's a good guy. And stop, like, saying no to that. Like, go have a life. And I don't know. It kind of hit me pretty hard. Francis Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, become a Dracula. Join the Dracula family line. All right, I'm off to kill Dracula. Dracula. (laughs) You better be a Dracula. You're not my real dad. You're just my step Dracula. Good guy, Step Dracula. I mean, so, <laughs> he's my Step Dracula, so it's okay. Step oh. Dracula, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Blah, I see you are stuck in the carriage. Blah. <laughs> uh, we've used this joke so often and it still slays me. I still laugh. I'm sorry. This, I still laugh. I'm sorry to anyone listening who's done laughing at that, but I'm not. Oh, I don't ever be sorry for that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was really, I was really pleased to return to Tomb of Dracula one more time. I liked him. It was, a, it was a great little coda to our '70s experience. Yeah, and I looked into it a little bit because it looked as though on the wiki, like Volume Two of Tomb of Dracula starts up like a couple months later. But what I think has happened is this run is officially over. Like they, they needed to end it. Because what they were going to do is they kind of do a relaunch, but in a magazine format, not in like a comic format, uh, so that they don't have to like play nice with the comics code and they can make it more for like adults. Hmm. I don't know how well it it, like did at that point, but it's sort of, yeah, it seemed like a soft reboot. Why wouldn't you do that with all of your comics? Well, because I think that if your target audience is younger and parents know about the comics code, they want that symbol on there if they're going to let their kids buy it. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting decision to sort of be like, we're going to end this 70 issues in. Let's get to an ending. Let's kind of rush it out. We barely meet Torgo and he's dead. And Ugh. now we'll try something else. We do a whole else. backstory for him. Like they... <laughs> yeah, you can't waste all that writing. That writing's going to go bad. Ugh. 
Uh, I skip unprompted and unnecessary backstory pages basically on principle now. I know. Just so that whoever wrote it note can be denied the fact that I skip, you know, that they are denied that bit of readership. Yeah. My little petty rebellion to Stanley. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, we, we're all we're all with you on this, Rory. <laughs> Uh, we read one issue of Daredevil. Anything interesting on that? It just it's uh, it continues our. I guess it does sort of finish our little bullseye story. Uh, yeah, for the moment. I, it wasn't bad. It, it was mostly just an action scene. Yeah, which was kind of nice. It was kind of nice. They're good action scenes. It's Frank Miller. We, I yeah. mean, yeah, they look really nice. <laughs> I forgot we were at the carnival. I enjoyed um, Bullseye when Bullseye is defeated by Daredevil. He. He has both kind of a tantrum and a sort of cowardly fall. And I feel like most of the time in our Marvel comics, the villains, they don't necessarily leave with their dignity, but they're like still evil, still committed to their cause, still like, I'll be back. Mm hmm. Very, still very mustache truly in one level. And seeing Bullseye actually beaten and, uh, and shaken from it. It really brings him low compared to how other villains react. Like he's like the he's like the only coward in the Marvel pantheon of villains. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about it to me is that it's kind of been built up over the last couple issues because he kidnaps Natasha, right? Like Black Widow. He's gotten Black Widow kidnapped and Black Widow and Daredevil are sort of off again, on again involved, it seems. And so Smash Bros. They're Smash Bros. <laughs> Vile. <laughs> You're vile. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, yes, we're, we're sort of, we're damseling Black Widow, but like what it has done is, is Daredevil has sort of set aside all of his usual niceties and, and is just like, well, I guess I'm on a one man mission to find and fuck up everyone. And the last few issues, I mentioned it last week, I think, like they've done a great job of, portraying daredevil as very scary to the bad guys like it's a batman vibe obviously right like he's in the shadows he's showing up they're terrified of where he's gonna be next and and bullseye keeps being like why can't i win why is he so intense why did he know that natasha was a fake doll that i strung up on the on the coney island roller coaster and it wasn't really her why did he know that how does he know these things so that by the time he does lose it's sort of like I think he's. I think he's had his pants scared off. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and the, it's actually one of the coolest things about Daredevil. I think is that his powers are kind of not known. They're sort of built into his secret identity, right? Yeah, Where, like, yeah, yeah. You know, when Super Superman does all the things Superman can do, you, he's a known quantity. Be it that he could probably beat up Daredevil, but like, mm-hmm. we're not doing the which who would win stuff <laughs> on this podcast. My point no, is like, never, never. Daredevil is. You know, he's scary in that his power is not, I don't think, a common knowledge. Yeah, I think that all anyone really knows, and you hear them say it sometimes, uh, the bad guys just know that he's the man without fear. Yeah. And his name is Daredevil. So, like, okay, he's going to not be scared about stuff, but he's just a guy who fights good, right? And then and then he's spooky. Yeah, and then they meet him. Yeah. Oh, he's intense. The devil's in the details, one would say. Oh, now, no. We let Austin onto our podcast. Yeah. yeah. I, we, we took such care to have a podcast that didn't have Austin on it. I'm going to tell him you said that. He knows how we feel. 
Yeah, no, I, I really liked it. I had, a, I had a great time. I'm excited to read more. We're doing a compliment sandwich a little bit. How do we feel about Fantastic Four, these two issues? <laughs> Galactus oh, versus man. Sphinx. I actually, in in the grand scheme of Fantastic Four, I've been forced to, to read. I've been force-fed. Uh, these <laughs> were pretty, I thought, pretty pretty decent. Pretty solid the For vegetables, they were all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's a giant, it's a giant um, Galactus-sized Andy, and then Rory and Shane are sitting in high chairs, and Andy is feeding us the Fantastic Four, being like, <laughs> open mm. up, open up for the airplane. <laughs> so wouldn't you say it's a little bit more like that robot nanny Magneto made for the X? <laughs> <laughs> Andy the robot nanny. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, as a as a sort of culmination to not only I mean, you could almost say this is a culmination to the whole last third of Nova and a culmination of like the the last chunk of Fantastic Four. They sort of traded one villain over, right? Like the Sphinx has sort of become a Fantastic Four villain and is threatening the planet. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like it really landed that great for me, but uh, it had some fun quotes and and moments because. I, I, anytime Galactus shows up and he's talking, I think the things he says are hilarious. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. He's like my favorite comedian in the Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> like he's always telling people how boring they are, which is yes. great energy. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite things. He, he, like the, one of those moments where you think, like you think something and then you see it written on the page where Galactus says, enough, Galactus is not interested in this dialogue. <laughs> <It's> like, same. <laughs> same. <laughs> he also, <laughs> he keeps being annoyed at the Sphinx for like speaking in riddles. <laughs> and at one point he says, puzzles and conundrums are not the province of Galactus. <laughs> Makes you wonder like, he spends a lot of time alone, like not doing puzzles. He's just not doing puzzles. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, man, not doing puzzles. What the hell, dude? If I was if I was alone for that long, I'd be stockpiling inter- interstellar Sudokus like nobody's business. I guess we should talk about Sue and Reed are maybe dead. I mean, obviously, we know <laughs> from this grand scheme of time that they are not, not in fact dead. But at this moment, they are presented as Sue. Sue, they managed to get into a cryo chamber in time, and then. Reed melts into putty at the, at the end of these issues. <laughs> it's pretty gross because he's been aging. Yeah. He's been aging on the page. He gets more and more decrepit. And then he turns yeah. into this like stretched out Gumby toy that can't, re- that can't retain its form anymore. <laughs> like a sad old noodle. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it, it's also affecting Ben. Remember, like the only person that didn't hit was, was Johnny. Oh, so I this, I got confused about that because I thought it was affecting Ben, but he has not been drawn aged as awful as as uh, Reed and Sue. I know. I think they really ran into a a, a pickle in terms of how do you age a rock man? <laughs> yeah, and I think they tried. They gave him some real chapped lips sometimes in certain panels. I would still just add wrinkles and shit like. It's not any less realistic than a rock man already is, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it's not like we have those. Yeah. Well, I would have put like I would have maybe made his rocks start getting a little gray or like gets, given yeah. him moss. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Or his little Rockies falling off. Or what if, yeah, what if he's just like chipping? 
and like Ugh. getting oh, smaller. Man. That would be that that's would be intense. That's intense. But Herbie Ugh. saves him, so it's okay. Herbie Herbie grabs him, puts him in a, in a chamber. So now they're all in chambers except Reed <laughs> and Johnny. I guess fifty percent of them are in chambers. Is it fifty percent chambers? It's we 50, don't 50% see chambers. Reed get into the chamber, but you would assume Johnny throws him in one at the very first I panel mean, of the next issue. Hopefully, I would hope so. Drags yeah. him down the stairs and chucks him into a chamber. They look fully eight, like 85, 90 by the time they yeah. get thrown into these pods. Yes. Like they're just old, like really intense. I mean, it, it would be fun if getting Reed to the chamber was like a logistical pickle, like trying to move this goop. Because he, because his, because he's falling apart and you can't gather up all the goop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, why didn't I bring a big cup? He should put his credit cards into Reed and then freeze him so that he won't use them. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, I was going to say one more thing. This is my, this is my other favorite thing. Uh, the Watcher is there just watching because he, he, you know, he likes to eat popcorn when big, bad, spooky guys fight. And he kind of helps a little bit. He shows up and, and talks to Galactus and is like, oh, yeah, this is going to be really great when I watch you lose in a few minutes. And Galactus is like, what? It's like, oh, yeah, you're destined to lose. I'm here to watch. And I think by giving him the knowledge that he's supposed to lose, finger quotes, it really, like, plays into Reed's bluff where he shows up with a fake ultimate annihilator gun and is like, I'm going to kill you. And Galactus just leaves. He's like, well, well, the Watcher said I was supposed to lose. So, fuck. God damn it. Mm -hmm. And Johnny later is like, hey, uh, Watcher, I feel like you're not watching again. Like, you're doing that thing where you don't watch. You're like helping. And his quote as he pops out of existence and leaves is, can one help it if one's mere presence can create a more pleasant conclusion to an otherwise somber event? Can one? And then he disappears. <laughs> but it, I mean, it, it's 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 wrapped up a little too tidy. It's a little it's a little deus ex machina. But I do like the idea that he just shows up Rather than watching from afar, it just shows up on the scene and they're like, everybody's kind of taken aback that he's arrived and it throws it throws Galactus for a loop. And, you yeah. know, his his answer is like, what? I just watched. I stood here and I watched. I'm the watcher. You can't mm-hmm. be mad. I didn't break any rules, Space Jesus. <laughs> we still well, don't quite know who he answers to, what sort of galactic force has yeah. has has quested him to watch Earth, right? Right. We know that there's other watchers. I think that's all we really know. There's a council of them of some kind. Mm-hmm. Well, I like I like that angle too. And they play with that. I mean, they still play with it. I, I remember I've I've kind of been rereading a little bit of Civil War recently. Um the the event from mid two thousands. And I had forgotten about this, but when things first like kick off in the Civil War and all the heroes are gathering to figure out what they're gonna do and what stance they're gonna take. Uh <laughs> Spider-Woman looks over and is like, hey, does anyone else see this giant dude in here? And they all look and the Watcher's just standing in the room. (laughs) And Doctor Strange is like, his presence does not bode well. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, he showed up to watch. This is about to go down, you guys. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that angle on him where he's like, I'm not doing anything, but I'm literally here front and center to watch. It's very scary. All right. Let's take it home. Two issues of delicious X-Men that gets pretty fucking dark, if I say so myself. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we resolve the Proteus stuff with Moira's son. Um, does he have a name? He's just, he's just Mutant X, right? 
I believe so. I don't. I if she says his name, it's once like kind of in passing. It's not used right. as a moniker in the in these issues. He's Proteus yeah. for the most He's part, Proteus. and occasionally Mutant X. Yeah. She calls him boy a couple of times. She's she right. says like I love you, boy, and blah blah blah, my boy. Yeah, she says I love you, boy, right before she tries to snipe him with a fucking gun. Yeah. Yep. Which was awesome. It was she, awesome. It, they're in this. They're in the middle of storms, like rainstorm, and uh, things are going bad for the X Men. And Proteus almost just gets iced by a sniper shot. <laughs> and it's his mom. And it's his mom. Mm, sniper mom. That's a show I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, it's the spinoff of Alice and Janney's show, Mom. It's, <laughs> it's just what happens when Alice and Janney gets a big, big gun. Those sniper oh, moms of Beverly Hills. Ooh, that'd be a good one. <laughs> sniper moms of Beverly Hills. I knew I wasn't going to have a normal high school ever since I found out my mom was a sniper. <laughs> Oh my god, you may think my day is pretty average, but when I get home, I can't. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Being a Beverly Hills teen isn't all it's cracked up to be, especially when your mom's a sniper. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm seeing it now. I'd watch. I'd watch that show. I mean, that's very funny. In the context of of the issue... It's it's played pretty upsetting because obviously she's making the choice to like for the greater good of the world. I have to murder my son. Yeah, she's got to ice her boy. That that sucks. And Scott shows up. Cyclops shows up and is like, don't do that. And she's like, I swear to God, Scott, if you fucking stop me again, God, she just knocks him out. She knocks him the fuck out. Also, so here's this funny thing. When we met Proteus. Uh, so he's he's hailed as the strongest, you know, the strongest mutant that exists. And uh, also his limitation. Oh, I sort of had my X-Men hat on and not my real world hat on, you know. So mm-hmm. his limitation that he can only be like that he doesn't like metal seemed specific and not that not that big of a deal. Because uh, was, it was just kind of like, oh, he doesn't want to be in in Wolverine's gross body full of, you know, metal bones. Yeah. The fact that he dies to bullets is a pretty big weakness. The fact that yeah. he's, we- he's weak <laughs> to bullets is is not a small limitation. Usually, guns are the usually the police with the guns in these Marvel comics are like, "Oh no, our guns are useless." But like, suddenly, no, bring in the real police. I guess is what we is what we need to I do. Guess. <laughs> yeah, on this one, in this one case, it's gun. Bring gun. And I I don't know. It's it's kind of. I recognize that 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 like world building wise that makes him pretty like easily destroyed, but in the moment it is fun because we get to have these. Obviously, Moira is not particularly powerful. And... That's what I'm saying. I sort of had my comic book hat on, and I didn't think about the fact that being weak to bullets was part of his limitation until until Moira starts popping off shots. Yeah, I thought it was not. I thought it was cool. It it, it made things really really interesting and tense, especially with Moira sort of just like going rogue to go shoot her son, and the and the X Men trying to like find a nonviolent solution. And, you know, we meet her her sort of estranged husband who she's got a lot of, I guess, not explicit history with. Like, we don't learn a lot of the details, but it's, no, it's I don't definitely think, I don't like, think we know about this marriage in, in any context up till now. No, it seems like she really, really hates him. She's not a fan. And I think that the implication here is that Proteus has sort of like either picked up on that energy from her spending time with her all this time or she told him about his dad and 
how much of an asshole he was or, or, or some mix of the two. But Proteus's whole deal right now is is finding dad and making him pay. I think I think he says he thinks that Moira's hatred for him is basically because of her hatred for her dad, for his dad. Right. Yeah. And not because he's a space ghost who eats people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can't be why my mom doesn't like me. <laughs> I'm a really cool space ghost who eats people. It's awesome. Look, I'm going to turn a whole store into bees. <laughs> <laughs> but she does there's just a lot of bees all of a sudden <laughs> there, there's funny. a part where he there's a part where he turns her gun into, into a, a snake. snake oh yes. that's hot and i i i 100 would rather have a snake than a gun oh yeah yeah, yeah i'm about to beat you with a snake you idiot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's it's very fun he turns cyclops's eye beam into like flowers yeah that's a yeah. artistically it was a great little scene yeah, they had a lot of fun with the art. He makes everything all wibbly-woobly. Yeah. And it's it's happened in the past few issues, and I think I brought it up at least once. Scott's eye beams are starting to be a really cool effect on the page pretty regularly. The way that they, you know, mm-hmm. dissect a cell or the, just the bright red that they're using. They're almost always just draw your entire attention to that one panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very cool. In, in Including my favorite panel of maybe everything I've read for weeks. Where he uses Colossus as a mirror? No, but that's also good. I was thinking of the part where Wolverine's falling from a great height. Oh, and yeah. to break his fall, Cyclops just keeps repeatedly eye-beaming him from below in his butt. Giving him little thumps. <laughs> and he gives him some love taps on the butt. And Wolverine's like, ow, ouch. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> also interesting to see that at this point in the story... Uh, at the very least, Scott believes, if not the the canon of the of the X Men mythos, that Wolverine could fall or could die from falling. Yeah, which yeah. he can't. He, he definitely can't. I mean, in present day, I think he's fallen from space. <laughs> how much? How much farther can you fall? <laughs> yeah, there's just from space. That's the top. That's the top. <laughs> I I don't know. I I really I really liked this. Um. And the the resolution seems to be that, I mean, we, we mentioned it, we sort of predicted it last week that Colossus was going to have a big part in this because he can turn into a fully metal man. But it gets really, it gets really spooky for a little bit because Proteus p- possesses his dad. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's both Moira's son and Moira's ex-lover, which is very odd. Yeah, and he has the nice memories of both. Mm-hmm. It's super gross. It makes you really upset. Uh, he says a lot of really fucked up shit. <laughs> he says... You're mine, body and soul. Accept that reality, Moira. <laughs> and that's Yuck. just not something you want to hear your son say. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the mouth of your abusive ex. <laughs> she doesn't say he was abusive, but he has it's... abusive overtones. He oh, really there's does. a whole no, there's a part where she's she literally says, You left me in the hospital and you also left me pregnant. Oh, there's I a whole panel of I that. didn't read it like that. I thought he meant he just peaced out. No, she there's the when she goes to talk to him the first time. She yeah, no, I, you're totally right. I remember that yeah. scene. I just I didn't read left the you know I read the the synonym. I I just didn't I didn't read it that way. But you're you're right. That's what she says. And so there you know there's like this showdown, and Colossus dives in, and just as he's about to like hot bodies into Colossus, Colossus turns all metal and punches his like pure sort of spectral form like right in the face, and. I guess shatters his whole mind. Yeah, it's and it's like 
you know, most X-Men have some degrees of shade to them, of their moral compromisability. Colossus was, you know, was pure, and he now just had to kill a man. And I I love that that wasn't lost in the moment, that he's, that Scott's like, great job, icing the bad guy. And, he's, and Colossus is like, dude, read the room. <laughs> Doesn't he say like, all right, all right, now everybody shut up so Moira can grieve. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fucking weird. It's weird that you're doing this right now. She's right there. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty, pretty intense. It, it I'm not saying that X-Men has never been like towing that more adult line, but the topics and the tone and the sort of gravity of the situation. It's still finding it. What, what, what we've been reading was up to this point, I think, at best, uh, young adult lit. Yeah, yes. And this feels this feels like it's taking a bit a bit more of a uh, an attempt at a turn, and I I appreciate it. I think it's really, I think it yeah. works for the X Men. We're solidifying the eighteen plus crowd. That's a uh, that's a fun that's a fun little thing that you mentioned there just now, Rory, because the eighteen plus crowd probably really enjoys the segment that Shane does with us every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to this week's A Fuck, Mary Kill. Where we have one in a gun, one in a bum, and one who is the one. This is a hard week, you guys. Tell me. Hard for you to find the names or hard for us to choose? It's going to be hard for you to choose because, you see, one of the the things that you get to choose from is just chef's kiss. (laughs) All right. I'm just going to go right into it. First off, we have Torgo. All right. (laughs) All right. He is... He is not good guy Dracula. I could not put good guy Dracula on this list. That's not fair. No, it's right? not. We have talked about We're just, on the record. We're on the record <laughs> of how Dracula lives in our hearts forever and always. So we have to talk about other people. So Torgo is your first choice. Your second choice is old Reed Richards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> your, your, your second choice is old noodle boy reed richards and your your third choice and probably one of my favorites is one mega punch from colossus okay huh one mind shattering (laughs) mind shattering punch from colossus oh so i have a uh, i have a question i don't i don't mean i don't mean to fly in the face of your concept but how would i marry one punch oh i don't know it's for you to talk about and decide Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. Do you wanna do you wanna get fisted and turn into a million particles of light? <laughs> you know, travel the universe. That does as... sound like the best case scenario of any yeah. encounter I have. I feel like most of the people that I've fisted have turned into light. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I'm not bragging or anything. <laughs> this never happens, I swear. I usually turn into light and just Yeah. <laughs> Scatter vile. everywhere. Vile. <laughs> well, old Reed Richards is an interesting thought. But though. a body yeah. shattering punch or Torgo. That we've got two baddies and a possible <laughs> and a very compromised maybe on Reed yeah. Richards. <laughs> uh-huh. On decrepit, on decrepit wet Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah, like you try and you try and hold him and he'll just like gloop through your fingers. Man's falling apart. And he's like 85, but the mind of a young man. Yeah, just because his body got old doesn't mean, you know, his brain got old. Still, he can still tighten it up, a little corkscrew shape. 
Oh, <laughs> what if? Okay, wait. So here's here's my thing, right? Here's where my mind is with old Reed Richards. I think he's very versatile. I think. Uh, so in this world, does he have the? He has the experience of an older man. I would say yes. Okay. I would say yes, but I, like he doesn't just have to be one thing. You could like wear him as a cape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You could like. Mm-hmm. He could be like your utility, Reed Richards, that you take on adventures with you. He could be sure, like your rope and and your parachute. <laughs> Daddy, I need a rope. <laughs> he could, he could be a sail for your ship. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I've definitely. I mean, it's been a really long time, but I still have it as our Twitter profile picture. He he's definitely been a manta ray. Like he's shape shifted <laughs> into a whole manta ray and s- swim underwater. So that's also pretty fun. The trouble is that he's old and he's gonna die within the hour. Oh, I think I've got it. Okay, so follow me on this logic. I okay. married Torgo. Now, all right. Now I am. Now I'm. I'm Torgo's bride. Bride of Torgo. Dracula will eventually come come for his mantle as king of Dra- king of Dracula's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and by I, transitive property, and now you're bride of Dracula. I, I think he'll claim me as a concubine. I think Dracula takes. I think. <laughs> hang Tor- on, <laughs> we backdoor Dracula in. <laughs> hang, hang on a second. He found his way in. You can't. You can't loophole backdoor Dracula. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure Dracula will kill Torgo because we've already read that he wants to do that. And I'm pretty sure he'll take me as a prize. I don't know that to be true, but I think it's a reason. It's a wager I'm willing to take given my options. I don't know that I want to be married to a punch that shatters me into light. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, I don't feel man. like the shattering light punch is, is marriage material. <laughs> so really I'm not bad. saying I get to be. Dracula's, you know, Dracula's concubine. I'm saying I'm rolling the dice on things going that way. And you're going to really just conjure up that pick me energy when he shows up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to be draping my body over anything in the room. Much like Reed Richards. (laughs) Much like that. (laughs) But there's nobody here to steal my thunder. There's no Reed Richards sexily draped over over a refrigerator. But you could turn Reed Richards into the hut with you that you share with Dracula. That's true. <laughs> then I think I will I will fuck a droopy old Reed Richards. It's gonna be probably pretty mediocre, but who knows? Maybe he's got a few tricks up his old sleeve. You no, you gotta like you gotta shove him into like a, a can <laughs> and put him between your matches. <laughs> oh god. my god. <laughs> oh my god. I can't actually comprehend that you just said that. <laughs> that is, beyond a doubt, the nastiest thing anyone's ever said on this show. Squeeze him into a cup like Gak. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty filthy. <laughs> and then that means I kill the being punched to death by a colossus. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that means I don't die. That's my <laughs> my interpretation. I think I think that's correct. I. I'm I'm of two minds about the punch because I want to fuck it or marry it. And oh here's, yeah, here's, it's a reasonable case for fuck. My my situation, my thought is, marry might make sense because by the time I'm shattered across the cosmos, I'm not married to anyone else. Like my marriage prospects are gone, right? So like if I'm not really like that worried about marriage, I may as well marry the punch that spreads me out over 
my whole consciousness everywhere. The punch that spreads me out. <laughs> that spreads me out. <laughs> so, so I think I think the answer is I kill Reed because he's old and droopy. Shane, well, those are two adjectives I'm not about. Sure, sure. And then I fuck Torgo because he's got like really something to prove. He's got a real chip on his shoulder, and and I think I think. Uh, I think that's kind of fun. And then there's the added terror that maybe Dracula shows up and joins <laughs> in or, or who knows, you know, like who knows? Maybe Dracula gets in the in the mix. Maybe Dracula interrupts it. Ooh, and yeah. And that's the moment he shows up to kill him. Yeah, and I clutch the sheets up and cover myself and then he shows <laughs> and he comes over and, you know, and then the whole, you know, you, you can fill in the rest. What are you doing, Step Dracula? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, Shane? No um, boys in the I, house, Andy. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I leave for 30 years. Look what you do. Um, I kill Torgo. Yeah. All right. I, yeah, I, I stake Torgo real quick, real fast. That way, Dracula likes me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that we all work yeah. Dracula in our answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I marry Reed Richards so I can use him as a utility belt. Yeah, absolutely. That seemed, you definitely seemed to lean in that direction. I, I like. definitely that's all I can think about is using him to adventure. <laughs> and I, I, I sex the one punch from Colossus. So do you wait and do that for a while? Or so, you... well, here's here's the thing. I think I do wait to do that for a while. I think they they take place in different realities. Like you, you uh, but, know what I mean? But, but maybe, but it's like, you know, the Marvel Universe. I, th- I think I share that punch with Dracula so we both become light and live in the stars forever. Is that allowed? I don't he has know. Two, he has two. Uh, Dracula he gets has, to be there? Colossus uh, has two fists. Uh, all right. If, if we let him do this, I just want you, I, I want you to know that if I let you do this, for the rest of time on this podcast, every time, every time we do a fuck Mary kill, I'm gonna be like, and then I kill so and so, and Dracula's there too, and he holds my hand and while Dracula I do loves it. it, and now he loves me. He holds my hand while I kill him, and then we no, kiss. no, okay, wait, no, I won't do that. I will just get punched into oblivion, and Dracula can watch and cry that I left him. <laughs> Love it. I think the moral of this story, as we've finished issue 43 here of Infinite Backlog... Is we want a five-way Dracula. Is is that we will do literally anything we can for Dracula in any way possible. So I guess if you're listening out there... (laughs) No, I'm not finishing that sentence. Bye. I'm genuinely so afraid he's going to show up now. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. Saturday Morning Tuesdays, you guys, it's the show that started it all. Uh, You can hear me, Rory, and Andy, and we are on this journey most Tuesdays where we are looking through 
the weirdest and wildest, coolest and droolest uh, <laughs> cartoons, children's cartoons, adult cartoons from all across the spectrum of time. We're going to cover your favorite show. Maybe we're going to talk about the ones you hate. Probably. <laughs> and it's a great, wonderful time. So be sure to catch that. We've also got I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Me, Rory Voy. It's a podcast where I have read Dune and they're my captive audience for an hour. Every Wednesday till we finish the book, we're releasing I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Me. And I've Read Dune. <laughs> And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content, everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, and, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. <laughs> um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.